Hello and welcome back to the Florida Hockey Podcast. Justin Bedford alongside Noah Russo and John Bird Wiley this week. Uh, exciting kind of impromptu episode. Excited to have John back. It's been a while. How you guys doing? Good, good, good. good. All right. Okay, we just went at the same time. That's nice. <laughs> yeah, I always find it odd. Like when you have like more, like when it's just you and me, Noah, like it's really easy because it's just like two people. So it's like a conversation. But then because we do this on Zoom. So it's like, it can get mixed up. So there's going to probably be a lot of that in this episode. And there's just uh, no, no way around it, really. I mean, there probably for, is, but it'd be more. For accurate. context, John is fighting a cat right now, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, John's yeah. being attacked by our cat right now. Um, excited to have him on. I think it's been probably over a year since you came on, no? No, I was on, uh, well, I guess, like, I was on last year in, like, October, November. Oh, yeah. No, great episode. Um, I remember, yeah. People loved it. Yeah. But we didn't just bring you <laughs> for, for, for no reason, right? Obviously, uh, usually we don't record episodes for, for Thursday, but there's been some trade action early on uh, leading up to the trade deadline, uh, which involves the Florida Panthers. So we felt like, you know what, we got to record an episode. Uh, first off, thank God these trades happened before we started recording, number one. Um, otherwise, that would have just been uh, unfortunate and what usually happens. But we got you on here because the first trade we want to talk about has nothing to do with the Panthers directly. Uh, it involves your favorite team, the Anaheim Ducks. Yeah. And Josh Manson to the Colorado Avalanche, 50% retained, given up Drew Hellison and a second round pick. What are your thoughts on the deal? Yeah. Like, obviously, as a go ahead. Josh. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. As a Ducks fan. Um, Last year, I thought Manson was going to get traded. I think that was, like, one of the main things. So, going into this year, team's in a rebuild. Um, they have been competitive this year, but uh, a second and a young defenseman in Hellison, I'll take that. Uh, obviously, in the next few years, hopefully, like, Zellweger uh, gets, like, a shot or cracks the roster, and then plus Hellison. So, decor is looking good, so. So, so you're, you're, you're happy with the return? Yeah. Um, I'm just curious, though, too, because we talked about Josh Manson as maybe being a fit for the Panthers as well when we were talking in previous episodes about them adding a defenseman. What are your thoughts on, on Josh Manson and, and the way he plays, and what do you think he's going to bring to Colorado? I think he, like, obviously, like, not the most offensive defenseman, but he's a guy that, like, gets the job done for you on, like, the defensive side. So, guy – he like throws the body around good at like stick checking, getting the puck out. So I think looking at Colorado's D, they already kind of got the offensive side locked down. So adding in a guy that can kind of like solidify like the back end a bit better. Well, I think 
going into the playoffs will definitely be a, the team to beat in the West. So, yeah, no, I, I like I like Josh Manson a lot too. I think he's a really quality player. Still kind of youngish too. Uh, what are your thoughts on that one, Noah? So the the my immediate reaction when I saw the trade was, oh man, that's that's a pretty high price to pay for Colorado. Um, that was like my immediate reaction. Then I thought about it and it's like, rumor is that Hellison was not going to sign in Colorado, that he had no intention of doing so. And then really when you look at it, like, yeah, for Colorado, it hurts to get rid of him. Um, but he had no value to them. Yeah. If he's not going to sign, it's like an asset you have, but don't really have. Exactly. It's, it's like, like that an asset kind you of- have only if you get rid of it. Yeah, it's like that weird, like gray area where it's like, well, he is valuable to you, but at the same time, he's not. Um, so I, I really like to trade for both both sides. I think you get a guy like Manson, yeah, you're probably gonna have to shell out a second round pick. That's just the reality of of the market uh, these days. So I think it's a good trade. It's definitely what Colorado needed. I think Girard and um somebody else on d i think is injured byram well i thought it was somebody on top of byram for some reason but anyways with this goes to show their defensive core is not known to be the healthiest in the league uh by any means i think most of their guys have been injured this season um so i it's i think it's a great fit manson in colorado and then, yeah, Ducks waste no time, sign Hellison to an entry-level deal. I think that's perfect for them. Like, it just yeah. – good, good hockey deal. Yeah, like, I'd be – like, I like Drew Hellison a lot as a player. I watched him a bunch this year playing college, right? And it was – he had a really solid year. Um, kind of similar to, like, Manson a little bit in terms of size and a bit of an edge, but I think there's a bit more offense to Hellison's game, more of a two-way than a pure shutdown type guy. Um, so I like the, I like that fit too for the future for the Ducks, like John, like you mentioned, with some of the kind of more puck mover type defensemen that they have. Juhallison is a bit different, but still can do some offensive things as well. And so. he's a, he's a prospect. Like there is no guarantee he pans out, right? Yeah. Like he could be a bust. Yeah, like he could just get hurt and just never come back the same you know there's so many variables like that that go into it that i mean it's just for colorado i think that's a great deal and for the ducks you're yes you're taking a risk but doesn't seem like that too bad of a risk given josh manson's pedigree yeah and josh manson was a ufa so exactly like and and for colorado manson is an established nhl defenseman like you know what you're going to get. And that's probably what it costs right now. Yeah. Yeah. Also like played with uh, Zegris at the juniors too for like team USA. So obviously when you got a bunch of like solid prospects on like the D like defense side, your best hopes, like maybe like a couple of them pan out. So definitely like a good risk you could say, or like guy to add for, hopefully like making the team in the future. Yeah. And I mean, like ducks are clearly kind of in that rebuilding phase. Um, they got a couple other notable names that are, you know, rumored to be on the trade block. Are there any other guys 
you think that are going to get moved from the Ducks, John? And if so, where do you think they're going and what do you want back for them? Uh, first off, I guess, R- Ricard Raquel, Ricky Rax. Uh, I think uh, from what I've heard, like a lot of what's interesting though is like I've heard Boston, but also heard like it's like DeBrusque is on the block for them. So it'd be like a one for one. Personally, I'd want like a first rounder or a high end or similar prospect caliber to like Hellison. But, uh, Hopefully, like, we got a first out of it. But uh, then there's Hampus Lindholm, who the rumor has that they're working on a long-term extension with the guy. Um, but I don't Would know. You, you want to sign him or do you want to move him? I don't know. Apparently, like, it's going to be, like, a similar term to Cam Fowler. So, like, an additional, like, eight years. And knowing what the amount of cap space the Ducks have, it'll probably be, like, an eight by eight, which – I don't exactly agree with for Lindholm in a sense, but. Yeah. I mean, I do love me some Cam Fowler, by the way. Like, that's my guy. Like, if he was on the block, like, I would only all get him for the Panthers because the guy's just smooth with it. Um, What about Maxime Comtois? Big year last year, in and out of the press box this year. You know, young guy. Yeah, I think if he gets moved, I don't, it'll probably just be for like, a one for one with a similar player that's kind of in a rough patch themselves. So, like, would you like see a, him in a, like a DeBrusque move? I could see him in a DeBrusque move. I could also see him in a possibly like a Dominic Kubalik. I've heard the Ducks have been pursuing him. So, if they're giving up Comtois, the back of my mind, they'd probably have to throw in maybe a pick because I don't know if Chicago would do that one for one necessarily. Yes, but that is the same Chicago team that I know it's new management. They did give up quite a bit to get a shell of Seth Jones. That is true. So one for one could be likely. So Yeah. All right. We'll move on. Next deal we got on the top. Next one that went through. Uh, Colorado making moves again. Sending Tyson Jost, everyone's favorite player, to the Minnesota Wild for everyone's second favorite player in Nico Sturm. Uh, Two players who on the surface are like pretty similar in what they bring kind of center wing players can do both, both not having that great a year. The key point being though, that Nico Sturm comes in with a much lower cap hit. He is a bit older than Jost, but he comes in at that lower cap hit for the Colorado avalanche. They have some more moves up their sleeve. They probably want to. Um, I the rumor is Giroux, right? Like that they're they're gunning for that one. Um, it's it's going to be interesting. I definitely think Sackett is not done. Like he'll try and do something else. There's a ton of names available, by the way, this year. Like it's not just Giroux. Um, that being said, like. I, I think the Manson trade makes them significantly better. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. It's not going to be at the goaltending position, I don't think. Kemper would have to get hurt for that to happen. Um, so you're probably looking at, yeah, another forward or potentially another D. It's pretty open, but my guess is they'll try and go for for that extra forward. What are you What are you thinking, John? Yeah, I agree with Noah, like, Obviously, Drew is kind of the big guy on the block for a lot of teams. So, um, 
saving, I think it was like 1.2 in cap space could allow them to go after a guy like that. But who knows, really? It's always questionable trade deadline and what teams are getting. So, yeah. Well, you mentioned like, like I, I agree. Like, I think Colorado looking at their group right now, I like their, their decor a lot right now, especially with Manson coming in. Sure, they do employ the Johnson brothers, who are not great, mostly Jack, right? But overall, with Gerard, Taves, McCarr, Manson, like that's a really solid D group. So I think if you're going to upgrade for Colorado, it's going to be in your forward group for sure. And you talk about the kind of the, the trade list right now of some of the guys that are rumored to be available. There are a lot of guys, but Claude Giroux is far and away the best forward available, right? So if they don't get Claude Giroux, whoever they bring in instead, because they do want Claude Giroux, is a big down, like it's a significant downgrade in my mind. Like I don't see another forward there. Maybe you guys see it differently. I don't see another forward there that's anywhere close to being Claude Giroux, even at Claude Giroux's age. Yeah. Um, one guy that comes to mind, I don't know exactly how available he is, but if you look at the Vancouver Canucks, right, uh, JT Miller's been rumored to several teams. Uh Brock Besser, Connor Garland. So um, if the tires on like Drew get kicked, then JT Miller could be an option. I know they get one more year out of, but if they're looking at bringing them in for the considerable future could be a possible move they could do. Yeah, no, that's a good, good point. What are your thoughts, Noah? Yeah, it's it it is hard to tell. I agree with you that that um Giroux's your your clear front runner. Um Besser is gonna be so expensive. Well and I, I don't see, I don't, see, like, I don't I don't think Besser like, I don't well there's a lot of rumors about Vancouver, right? But they've been on a run lately under Bruce Boucher. Like they're in the mix for the playoffs, right? And they've been one of the better teams the second half yeah, and since the coaching I mean, takeover. Aside from Thatcher Demko, JT Miller has been by far their best player. I don't think there's a chance he gets traded. Luke Shen. I, I rest my case. Luke Shen's um, been mighty fine on the back end. So I, the only guy I see Vancouver testing the waters with is Brock Besser, just because they know he, they, they probably it's, it's hard to imagine a scenario in which they can sign him this off season. Yeah. And, and you look at Vancouver and like some of the guys they've co- like had come through there like lately, like they've drafted pretty well for the most part, I think. Like you've got Patterson. I like Hoaglander a lot. I know he's been rumored a bit on the outs. You have Pitkosen as well. Connor Garland has been a demon for them. He's been fantastic, right? You Hoamica walking it down. Like, and you like you watch them play, you watch Brock Besser on the power play, and it's like they might be better off moving him to address other areas of their team. And they're also in a bit of a bind with the cap because they inexplicably spend so much money on such average defensemen. Yeah. To be, to be honest with you, I think they'll, they'll hang on to Besser. Uh, I think Why they'll would? Try, I, I, I think they'll genuinely try. And I, I want to say they're going to succeed in signing him this off season. They'll make, I think they'll make it happen. Um so, so I, I don't see Vancouver um, as being a potential partner for many pe- uh, many teams. Um, it, it's it's tough. I part of me says that yes, 
Colorado is going to make a big jump on, on a huge asset like Giroux. But I think at the end of the day, they're just going to get a bottom six guy. And whether that be somebody like, it's, it's really hard to, to exactly imagine, but I mean, Andrew Kopp in, uh, in Winnipeg, he's been having a good season. They're probably not going to make the playoffs. Um, he's a pending UFA. Winnipeg will probably uh, retain a salary. Like that's not a bad ad if you're if you're Colorado. You're kind of getting what about that like ad. a what about like a max domi at fifty percent retained? Keeping in mind that is like mediocre as Max Domi is most of the time. He tends to be pretty good, right, with he, his new team. He's been having a pretty decent season compared to the last year and the year before. Like it's not bad. We got off to a good start this year. He slowed a bit. Yeah. And like he is one of those guys who would seem to be on the block. But like there are some names like I don't think Colorado does nothing, right? Like yeah, yeah. I don't I don't think you make that Jost move to maybe get minimally better if you're not planning something else. And I, I think just just before we move on from Domi, like he has the playoff like Bite. etiquette. He has the you know, you can tell he would be pretty lethal in the playoffs just like we've never seen from a physicality standpoint um i do think it'd be dangerous to put him and kadri on the same team in playoffs i could (laughs) i can only imagine the suspensions oh throw Uh, debrusque in there too yeah i might as well (laughs) but that's another guy for colorado jake debrusque yeah yeah like no i have no idea i have no idea what the asking price is with all the rumors that he asked, I think it's not even a rumor. It's pretty established at this point that he's asked out. Jake DeBrusque? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. believe he did ask out. He got scratched <laughs> one time and was like, nah, none of this. I'm gone. <laughs> See you later. That's, that's pretty much how it went down. Yeah, that's like a, a brief summary of it. But the other thing too, like just going back, one last thing on Claudry before we move on to our mid-episode ad read and then into the, the Panther stuff. Claudry does have a partial no trade clause right he could very easily say no to a colorado move right and the rumor is is that he would prefer to go to florida over colorado and looking at the two situations i can't really blame him i mean in colorado you've got no candy in the dressing room with nathan mckinnon you've got cold weather you've got a lack of air with the altitude and in florida you got the beach and joe thornton to me it's a no-brainer it really is. And like for, for Giroux right now, it's, it's literally a six month vacation. Yeah. Yeah. No, well, not like a vacation isn't like he gets to relax, but a vacation is just like, it's a change of scenery for six months and he'll either resign in Philly during this off season or he'll go somewhere else on a long term, long-term deal. Potentially to his hometown, Ottawa senators who will have the cap room to pay him infinite amount of money but i feel like they want to keep the cap room they really like having the cap room it brings a lot to their dressing room you save it for a rainy day yeah <laughs> exactly right? you never know when you're going to want to spend money on players they're on un- they're unreal as a franchise i love it um but we'll move on here um we'll talk about some panthers stuff but first a quick word from our good friends over at DraftKings sportsbook hoops fans the latest offer from DraftKings sportsbook an official Sports betting partner of the NBA is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, 360 windmill good. 
New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big payday and everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 or older, minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Tennessee. Call or text the TN Redline in Connecticut. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in New York. Call 8-877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y. Okay. Long ad read, but back into it. Here we go. The Panthers getting us started today, making a big splash, blockbuster move, sending Frank Vitrano, OT hero from yesterday with a two-goal performance to the New York Rangers for a fourth-round pick that will probably be pretty good. Thoughts on the deal, guys? What do you think? Justin, we, we've talked about this. I think we kind of saw it coming. Like, we kind of had a hunch that we, we had – I think we outlined two players on the forward core that might be the odd men out just given their contract situations, nothing to do with their, their performance. Um, so that he was one of the guys we, we definitely like had a feeling. Um, well, he was a pending UFA, right? Like I thought it was good. I did think it was going to be for a little more, but I'm just, I'm, I, I don't think there was a market for him. And I'm just, I'm just glad they got something. Rumor is, I think it was according to Pierre Lebrun, it was Florida was asking for a second pick originally for Vetrano. I honestly thought like they weren't going to get anything for him at all, just based on like he's a UFA who's like a middle six guy, like at best, right? Like he scores the two goals yesterday. He hadn't scored in like 18 games before that or whatever it was. Like Frank Vetrano is like, he's a nice player, but like I don't think that was like, going to be like a difference maker on a team or be any interest on a contending team. Right. And so I thought like they were not going to get any value for him. He was just going to have to be a cap dump somewhere or be a toss in, in a trade to make the cap work, um, get a fourth round back. I like it for the Panthers. Um, I think it's, you know what, like they've given up a lot of picks lately to bring in some guys. So you get one back. It's a little later, but you know what, that's why you pay your scouts. Um, and for Frank Vetrano too, I like the fact that like he was the odd man out on the, on the Florida Panthers. That was pretty clear. He wasn't going to be back with the team anyways next season. That was pretty clear. But at least they didn't send it to like a shithole. They sent them to like a, a team that's also in the playoff mix. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on it, John? Yeah, like I wasn't like expecting a trade like that to happen. Basically just based off like – my involvement in the NHL trade deadline. But uh, looking at it, I guess, like, um, 
it works out for both teams, obviously. Like, if the Panthers are trying to land a couple more players before deadline day, like, that cap, like, dump kind of helps them out. And for the Rangers, like, I think he kind of brings an extra, like, tier of offense to, like, their bottom nine. Because uh, when you look at some of the trades they made, like Sammy Blaze for Buchnevich, like, I don't think they really saw how it's going to pan out for them on this, like, Sammy Blaze side. So it has panned out poorly for them. Yeah. So adding like an extra guy who like can like put the puck in the back of the net could really help them in like a deep playoff run. Yeah. Like I think the kind of consensus on Frank Vetrano, and I do like Frank Vetrano, by the way. Like he's a good soldier in Florida for a good while, right? Through those tough seasons, right? He's been around with four or five seasons. Um, goes to New York. Like the one thing he does is he put the puck in the net. He doesn't really drive play, but like he's got a good shot, right? And New York kind of lacks – they like a lot, actually. Looking at their roster, I do not like their rebuild at all. Like They I have like, so much cap room, though. Yeah. It's scary how much but, cap room they but, have. But they like the, – I think they're going to blow it. Like, oh, I, I think so, too. I liked what New York was doing under Jeff Gordon. I liked it a lot with some of the moves they were making. And then they bring in Chris Drury. And what did they do since then? Oh, let's swap out Beach Navage for Sammy Blay. And Sammy Blay's been hurt, and I love Sammy Blay. I got his jersey hanging on my wall right now. I'm the biggest Sammy Blay fan you're going to find. That is simply too much for this man. That is too much to pay. Then you go and you, like, spend some money on, like, Ryan Reeves, who, like, I guess. Uh, how much did they give up for Reeves, though? A second-round pick? Ryan Reeves inexplicably gets traded, yeah. like, way too much every time. It was a second or a third-round pick. I remember seeing it just being like... What is happening? Right. And then they were like, oh, my goodness, we need to spend some money in free agency. How about Barkley Goudreau, the third best player on his like line from last season? Let's pay him a lot. So to me, I liked where the Rangers were going. I don't like where they have gone since the GM swap. And to me right now, they're like they're being carried by the best goalie in the league. Yeah. I mean, the Rangers have the makeup of a first round exit team. Yeah. Yeah. Like and they, I will, it's yeah. just built to lose in the first round of the playoffs in like five games. Yeah. And I think like for me though, like Frank Vetrano, very on brand like acquisition for New York. I like it. I do like it for them. Like it's very, very inexpensive for somebody who's probably worth more than a fourth round pick. Yeah. Yeah, he is, but he's a UFA, right? And UFA is, it's hard to gauge the value at the deadline. Like, yeah. Like I, I, I think it's a great pickup for the Rangers. I think that, if you're the Panthers, you take what you can take, what you can get, and it doesn't do anything for the Rangers to advance them. And they're like, they're they're by no means considered contenders at this point. No, like, and they and they could be soon if they could get it together and not spend an, an ex, like an egregious amount on depth. Yeah, that's the that's the issue. So we'll see. I, I don't think they have the decor uh, right now to make a playoff push. Um, are you but... not a big fan of Patrick Nemeth? <laughs> are you not all in on like on Lindgren? He's better than his brother. That's all I'll say. <laughs> well, that bar's on the floor. Um, exactly. <laughs> but, so, but I think like our, our main thing, like, as soon as we saw the Trano trade, I think all of us and pretty much everyone in the world was thinking, uh, like the Panthers are going to do something else. Like they're clearing up the cap. There's another move coming. And I think everyone was kind of crossing their fingers. Like, Oh my goodness, it's Claude Giroux. 
He's coming home. He's coming to the Panthers. He's going to finally get that ring on his finger with Jumbo Joe and the whole world's going to go nuts and everyone's going to be happy. And then Bill Zito said, fuck that. Ben Sherratt, but not just Ben Sherratt. Ben Sherratt for a first round pick in two years and a fourth round pick and Ty Smolanich. Now, I have been, I, will, we, I think we all have a lot of thoughts on this trade, like a lot. And I have been a harsh critic of Ben Sherratt throughout the entire trade deadline and rumors kind of process. So I was not that happy when this trade was announced, but I'm curious to know your guys' thoughts on both Ben Sherratt and also the price it took to get him. Uh, Noah, let's start with you. What do you think? And what's up, buddy? I, uh, I'm, I'm rather bullish on... Uh... On Ben Sherratt, I know you aren't. Um, what? I, hang on. I, I think I I really do believe it's a guy who can play on the first pairing with a guy like Ekblad. <laughs> okay. But look at the playoffs last, se- last season. Uh, he was on the first pairing with Weber, and I'd say Ekblad was, is probably better than Weber was last year. And they made it, they made it to the cup. Like, but did they make it? See- but they make it. Because of that or in spite of that? I think it was thanks to it. Like, I, I, I don't, I, I think it was, I think it's a very good acquisition. It's a sure, I think it's a sure thing. That being said, you probably didn't want to give up a first and a B, B grade prospect. Yeah, like that's like what I would say. Smolanich just had a down year, right? Yeah. And the reality is, is like, it's one of those things like he has no value. Like it's kind of similar to Hellison, even though they have like he might have signed in Florida. It's like like this guy's probably not cracking your lineup. And if he is, I'm it's pretty in sure three he's twenty one too. He's twenty. I looked him up. He's twenty. He is twenty. Like so, he like at best, Ty Smolanich is a second or third liner, right? At best, that's best case scenario, and he may or may not get there. Yeah, like tall guy, kind of lanky. It's yeah, I, I I don't mind that. I I think it in all it was like. I I think at the end of the day, I think Florida won that trade. Okay, interesting. I do. Well, I do. I'll, I'll I'll let you know my thoughts, but first I want to hear from John. You know, he's sitting there. I can see him thinking. Yeah. Uh, um. I didn't necessarily think he was going to go to Florida in a sense, but looking at it me now, too, brother. And, <laughs> some of like looking at last year's playoffs with Florida, like obviously good Matt, like it was a very great series with Tampa. Um, I think adding in a guy like Sherratt though, kind of gives them like a different, it gives them off options on what they can do. You know what I mean? Like obviously last uh, playoffs missing Ekblad, right? Um, yeah. I think they got the depth for defense going into the playoffs and, you know, if something's not working on the power play with one defenseman, Sherratt's like oh goodness, no. The next guy going like, oh you know goodness, I mean? no. Like he does, he has a good, he has a good shot. I'll be fair, he does have a good so, shot. I think like if you're going into the playoffs, having a guy like that does give you a lot of like good options and like for hopefully a very far run. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I. I I was very surprised he was going to Florida. I thought it'd be like a Toronto overpay, 
Oh, I was praying for it. Um, well, my thoughts on Ben Sherratt, and I have been so critical of Ben Sherratt, right? And I feel like it's very much justified, but looking at it and trying to like look at the positive side, I actually don't hate this trade that much. Like out of 10, I would give it a five and a half, six, maybe for a couple reasons. Number one, Ben Sherratt, look at his numbers over the past few years, and especially this year in Montreal, like objectively, they're brutal, right? But Montreal as a whole has been pretty brutal this year, right? So take that with a grain of salt. And he has been better since they changed coaches, right? No surprise there. Marty St. Louis done a, a really good job there. He has been a little bit better. I also think that he is a bit overutilized in Montreal. And I think his effectiveness would be better on that third or second pairing uh, role, right? Just don't put him up against the elites, put him up against the second or the third line. And I think you're actually going to get positive results at a Ben Sherrod. The other thing is Bill Zito has made moves in the past where they seem like overpays at the time, like Montour, like Sam Bennett. It seems like you're giving up too much for what those guys have done with those teams. And those guys have come in and produced really well for Florida at really great price points. And I don't think anyone would call either of those moves overpays now just based on what Montour and Bennett have done. So I'm willing to give kind of the benefit of the doubt there that Ben Sherratt will come in and be decent, right? I do think he's going to be decent. And digging into his numbers, and I was looking at some heat maps of him today, and he's like, he, he, he will give you almost nothing offensively, but he does have a good shot. But defensively, the area where he really excels is in front of the net, is Offense is really down for the other team when he's on the ice in that five to 10 foot range in front of the net. And I think that is an area to key in on for the Florida Panthers that they needed to get better at protecting that area. And Ben Sherrod, I think helps them do that. And I think he'll help them even more in the playoffs because they don't call cross checks in the playoffs. And anyone who tries to get into that area when he's on the ice is coming out with some bruises. That's just a fact because he's laying in known with the stick. Right. So I like that he, I think he fits really well for the playoffs, and I think he will be better than he was in Montreal. And so I, I don't mind that part of it. The other thing is what they gave up, which is a lot, right? The first one, Ty Smolanich, like, sure, it's a whatever prospect, right? Like, out of all the forward prospects to give up that have value, like, he probably would have been the one I would have given up, so, like, fair enough, right? I don't care that much about giving him uh, up in this deal. The first rounder, again... Uh, Noah, you mentioned it. I'm not sure now or if it was before we recorded, but that, you know, because the first rounder is in a couple of years, it lowers the value of it a bit, right? Just naturally. And it is an unprotected first as well, but like, I don't think that's going to matter. Um, but the thing for me is like, yes, it's a lot, but you have to remember that aside from Josh Manson, like this is the first big name defenseman off the board uh, at this year's kind of trade deadline uh, area. And so, yes, he paid a lot, but he also set the market is what Bill Zito's done, right? Yeah. So now let's say, you know, I don't value Ben Sherratt particularly highly. There are other defensemen available. I would value a decent amount higher than him, right? And I'm sure other teams would too. So now if Toronto, let's say, wants to go and add to their defense, which they absolutely should because I think it sucks, <laughs> right? And that's just not an opinion. I think it's a fact. But, right. And I think anyone who's not a least fan would agree. But if they want to go out now and they want to add 
someone else who's been on the block, like a Hampus Lindholm, like a Mark Giordano, or maybe even a Jacob Chikrin, but I pray not, not him. But I think, or John Klingberg, I think you can make a case that all those guys are better defensemen than Ben Sherratt. And if Ben Sherratt's going for a first, you're going to have to give up more for him. The only one I disagree with is Giordano. Well, I, I don't think I but, don't. I, but no, have no, you I, seen him in the dressing room? No, not not uh, not from a, a production or like a hockey talent standpoint. Just um, you look at his age, you look at his contract. You're probably looking at a similar, if not slightly less, return than Ben Sherratt. But I agree with I'm, the other. I'm two. looking at the C on his chest, and I'm thinking it's higher. Intangibles. You, you simply must. And I'm not saying, like, I think Ben Trott's probably a nice guy, right? And I also know, like, Bill Zito had mentioned earlier in the season that when they're looking at getting guys, one of the big things they look at is how they're going to fit in the room. So I imagine Ben Trott will fit in really nicely in the room. And he gives them, you know, that physical element. We talked about Panthers needing to be tougher going into the playoffs on that back end. So he gives them that. It isn't the guy I would have liked them to get, but I'm not, like, furious at it i was for maybe like the first like five minutes after the trade was announced and then for another five minutes after the return was announced but now i'm like all right like it's okay it makes them a better team today than before today my last question on bench raw is what would you run the panthers pairings as right now with the guys they have assuming udavara is on ltir for the playoffs what are you running as your D group? Because I think there's kind of two ways you could go about it. Three ways if you include Noah's insanity idea of putting Shut Ben Trot on the first pair. Uh, so I, I can go first. I think that y- you try and even it out. Left, left. Lefty, right. right. Are, you, are you a lefty, righty guy? In this situation, I am. Because I think you try and go for the most even um, – approach where you want to have like three pairings that you can solidly depend on. And then you can choose like two guys to just double shift in the third period if you need, but I'd go Ekblad and Sherratt. Fuck off. Keep going. Thank you. Uh, probably. Um, I'm trying to figure it out. Probably Uyghur. Well, definitely Uyghur on the second pairing with either Montour or Forsling. And then you yeah. put Gudis and the other the other one on that last line, on that last pairing, sorry. And then you have two solid, solid healthy scratches in Lucas Carlson and Pateri Lindbaum. All right. All right. Interesting. I hate it, but interesting. I, I can tell. Well, I mean, you know, it's just, I'm not, you know. Trade for Ben Sherratt's one thing to throw him out there for 23 a night, I think is a bit egregious. Um, John, what are you thinking for pairings? All right. I'm not exactly sure how chemistry would like partake in these uh, pairings, but uh, I got uh, Ekblad and the Goose on the first line. <laughs> wait, wait, Radko Goudis? Oh, no, the Gustav. Oh, Gustav Forsling. Yeah. And then I Bobby got... Uh, okay. I got... Uh, Uyghur and Sherratt, and then the other goose, and uh, let's say Brandon Montour. Yeah. Okay. And what are, your, what are your thoughts behind the pairings here? 
Well, if you're playing with Ekblad, then, like, you know, the guy shares the wealth a little bit. So, like, you know, I guess, like, Gustav, from what I've seen from his numbers, he's done quite well for himself this season. And then a Uyghur, Sherat, Otto, kind of seems sick, you know, like. All right. I don't have a lot of reasoning. I just kind of first thing that came to my head. So. That's what it's all about. You know, at the end of the day, we're not the coaching staff. These will never be the things that happen. Uh, I would go differently than I think both of you. I think I'm sticking with Ekblad and Uyghur as the first pairing because, you know, what? they just they work really well together, right? They complement each other really well. They love playing with each other. They say they're just like, it's like telekinetic. They just know where each other are. They don't have to think about it, right? That's magic, you know? And when you got magic, you keep it together. So I'm keeping that as my first pairing. Now, second pairing, a couple ways you could go about it. You could either say, you could just go with a pain second pairing of Sherratt and Gudis and be like, fuck it, go out there and just hack them apart, right? That's one approach, right? And that to me is like a, we're down in a series, throw them out there type type pairing. Yeah, that would be like, we're down five, nothing in game one. And we just need to like, just like tell them what they're in for. Yeah. So that to me is like, that, that to me is like a fallback. I wouldn't run that as like a realistic thing. Um, but I would maybe do like Sherratt. I think it'd be awesome. I think it'd be so nails. Yeah, like it'd be like throw them out with like the marchment line and like good luck other team. Like <laughs> it's just gonna be chaos. But I probably wouldn't rely on that as like a second pairing. I would probably go with like Sherratt and maybe Montour as a pairing, and then Gudis and Forsling. That way you have like one kind of meat and potatoes defenseman on each pairing and one guy who can like actually move his feet. So it like kind of evens out you know, create that balance. That's what I would probably run. Um, but who knows what they'll end up doing. Um, it'd be really interesting to see. Um, but lastly, Claude Giroux, we talked about him a little bit. Florida Panthers, rumored to be very in on Claude Giroux. Claude Giroux, rumored to be very in on the Florida Panthers. They've given up that first round pick. What does it take to get Claude Giroux in a Florida Panthers jersey? Um. I'd say it starts with the first round pick, but it simply I, I, can't. If, if you simply can't, that's two years away. Like I don't see Philadelphia really wanting that necessarily. And I don't see Bill Zito wanting to get rid of that. Yeah. Um, wh- what I do see as most likely uh, an, uh, a, uh, a must in the trade, like uh, no matter what he's going to be involved is, Owen Tippett. I think that's definitely going the other way if there's a trade. Yeah, so I know a couple Panthers fans on Twitter who will be absolutely heartbroken at that, who just seem to ride or die for Owen Tippett, and I respect it. And Owen Tippett's been fantastic in the AHL this year. Yeah. Right? But it's, I, it's like, but you look at that Edmonton game he had. I still think of that. He right. was the, like, he was so good. Like, that's his... That's what you like to think is his potential. And it's like, oh, man, if he could actually do that on a nightly basis, but he just can't. You see, you see flashes of it, but it's never like, yeah, it's never it's, there. It's, you know, it's never constant. Um, it's like it's like an eclipse that happens like every now and again, but you don't see it's not around always. I'd be really curious to see how he fits the Flyers system and just like style of play. My question is, do I don't the Flyers even do they even have a system. Like I exactly, it just seems like <laughs> a little bit of oil and water mixture. Like it's just a, like well, like I, you, you look at their prospects though, and like guys that like 
you think would have panned, but like haven't panned. Like you got Frost, Ratcliffe, uh, I guess Oscar Lindbaum, you, like the one season he had before uh, he had to go out for, for that little bit there. Like it's kind of hard to picture where this Flyers team's going to be in five years. I would like to point I mean, out like, I, I, I'd like to point out that in five years, Rasmus Ristolainen will still be with the Flyers. That yeah. is true. Well, I remember like I was talking, uh, I was at a family birthday party with my cousins who are from Philadelphia. They're big Flyers fans, right? Obviously. And they were doing their like fantasy hockey draft that night. And I was like, avoid the Flyers. And they were trying to sell me on the Flyers being like really good this year. They're like, nah, like the additions made, like Rasmus was still in Buffalo was the problem. It wasn't him. Like the Flyers, I think are going to have a really solid year this year. And I said, you're idiots. And like, I didn't say that because it's family, but uh, so far it's not looking great for them. Uh, so John, what, what are you looking to give up for Claude Giroux for the rental? Obviously, Fifty percent needs to be retained. Yeah, and like I'm looking at it because I, I pulled up the cat friendly armchair GM. Like it's fifty. If you do fifty percent retained and you get rid of like Noel Achari somewhere or bury someone, like it's it fits. You know, as much as yeah. I rip on it, like Ben Sherratt is only taking up one point seven on the cap, so I'm a big fan of that. Yeah, no, that's uh, you know, I I guess like Owen Tippett, you'd probably want a second, and then like you said, like Achari, but like maybe throwing like another prospect like maybe more of a like on the de- defense side so um i'm not exactly too familiar with like the panthers d prospects but they're unbelievable they, i guess they kind of are i guess like one of the guys that stands out there if you guys are like saying they're really good you know yeah like yeah i mean we're biased but like i think they're like all right i think if if you're if you're florida and there's a d going back in the Giroux trade you're probably trying to give up somebody like Chase Prisky or Matt Kierstad. You kind of want to keep Gildan and Ludwig. Uh, well, and they there. signed they signed uh UNs today. Yeah that that that's true. Um that I sign and trade they literally just signed him. Um I he makes me really think of um Matt Kierstad. Uh so I mean we'll we'll, we'll see. But I think Kierstad or Prisky is probably really, are yeah. probably the guys you're trying to push out. Just they're a little older, you know. It's they, both contracts are up next season. But let me ask you this, because picks are going to have to be involved. If you're Bill Zito, do you give up your 2023 second round pick? Keep in yes. mind if you if you do, you don't have a first next year. You don't have a second next year. You don't have a first the year after, and you don't have a second the year after. Yeah, but you know what you do that's have? Some, that's some like Sonny Weaver stuff. Yeah, but you, you know what you do have? You have an elite roster. You have Cole Schwint percolating in the minors. You don't need these picks. They are, I absolutely hate when teams are like, oh, we just simply can't go for it. We simply must keep this mid-first rounder who will maybe play for us in four years and be downright decent. And it's like, why not give it away? And, like, try to get someone. Well, that was my other thing I wanted to mention on the Ben Schrott thing. It's, like, overpay or not, it does not fucking matter if you win the cup. Like, I thought bought, like I thought Tampa Bay overpaid when they got Blake Coleman, and I still think they did. But you know what? They got two cups out of it, so who cares? It can't, You can't overpay if you win the cup. It's just simply not possible. That's facts. Right? That's what we're, that's what we're doing. Like, that's what we're here for. Exactly. Like, 
And so, yeah, you, you'd probably do it in a heartbeat, but it's, you don't have that guarantee, right? You don't no. have that guarantee, but when you got like, when you, you look at the roster, it's like, they got a pretty good chance. They got a chance. I, I honestly, I, if, if the Panthers get Giroux, like, I don't see a situation in which they don't make it to the conference final. I, I would agree with you. And I wouldn't want to jinx it. I'd, you know, knock on wood, but I would agree. Um, but I also think I agree with what you guys said about like the flyers, like the issue with like a Giroux trade is obviously no first, but like, what the fuck are, what, what is the flyers? What do they need? A little bit of everything. Like, like the only thing they probably wouldn't get is a goalie. That's the only thing. And then it's wide open. Yeah. You would take like, anyone. I know. It's like one of the things like, I don't know what their team is right now. It's like, like, I don't understand how you assemble a team like that. I know, like, Siron Noel could be, like, possible. Oh, my guy. goodness. Don't bring like, up Siron Noel. No, we'll go on for hours about Siron Noel. I know, I've seen him play before. He's pretty good. Like He's big. When he was in the O, at least. But He's pretty good. He's pretty good. That's that's rumors. I That's not me. That's, that's what I hear around, you know, Twitter, the streets, you know. <laughs> I think no person has ever pumped the tires of a player more than you – like, undeservedly so, that you pump Saran Noel. Like, what is he – that, that might be true. I saw him play juniors. He was so gross juniors. I, I don't know. He was on pace to finish the year with 19 points in 61 games in the AHL. That's pretty good. Yeah. It would be good for a shutdown defenseman. You're absolutely right. Yeah, but how good's how good's the Charlotte Checkers? So? They're, they're rock solid. They're downright yeah. average. Um, yeah, they're pretty average. Yeah, except when Spencer Knight's there, then they're like pretty decent. True. Um, but the other thing too, like, yeah, talking about the Flyers and what they'd want, and obviously like Owen Tippett has to be in that deal, right? And I, like, and Philly should probably should want futures instead of roster players because their roster is filled with like random pieces, right? But Owen Tippett. But me- you want to know what? You want to know what? There is a scenario in which. Giroux strong arms the Flyers. Yeah, and he's like, just like Taylor Hall did to the Buffalo Sabers. And I like, would, I that's, would love that's that's exactly the situation that I'm thinking. Is like Giroux is tired of it. He, I mean, of all people, he knows that the entire organization is a shit show. Yeah. Um, like, well, you know, and, and if I think you're, if you're, you're if definitely you're definitely getting out. And he's going to play his thousandth game with the Flyers, and then he'll be good to go. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, and if he does that and he's like, no, you're sending me to Florida and you're only getting Owen Tippett back. If he does that, I'm walking straight out of my house to the nearest sports store to get my Claude Giroux Florida Panthers jersey. Make sure you get the right number though. <laughs> oh, John. I, I, I will, I will second you on that. I will do the same. I will buy a Claude Giroux Panthers jersey. If, if that happens, if oh. he's strong arms, I, not even like just Owen Tippett. Like if he's strong arms, uh, who's the GM in Philly? Chuck Fletcher. Yeah, Chuck. Jesus, he's really um, nailed it. Yeah. Uh, if he strong arms Chuck Fletcher into trading him to the Panthers for far less than his value, I will get a jersey. Yeah, and the other thing you have to keep in mind, and I mentioned this before we recorded, I'm just gonna throw out some like, like how would Philadelphia value Owen Tippett, and. Some players who have played for Philadelphia recently, Claude Giroux, Sean Couturier, Jakob Borchek, Ryan Ellis, right? Cam York, all gingers. Owen oh. Tippett, ginger. I'm thinking 
they value him pretty highly. But they're like they're trading away one ginger for another ginger. Don't yeah, but- you think they should get like two gingers in return? Yeah, they would want to like increase their net ginger rating. Hear That's me true. Out here, if you're gonna lose a ginger, you gotta get one. Do we have any other gingers down the pipeline? Three three team trade with Buffalo retaining salary too, and Cody Eakin gets sent to the Flyers. Cody Eakin would fit <laughs> into the Philadelphia like landscape so well. Cody Eakin just screams Philadelphia Flyers to me. Like, you know those players that just, like, you can just see them in, like, a jersey for a team? Right away, I'm thinking I, Cody Egan, Flyers. I can picture Cody Egan in, like, any jersey. Yeah. He's been he, in practically any every jersey, right? Yeah. Do you think we see a three-team trade, though? Like, yes. Um, Someone's going to double retain salary. Yeah, I think. Someone's going to get watch, on that. Watch for Arizona. I was thinking like I think Arizona for... should be saving money. They're moving into that five thousand seat arena. I know they got the cap space, but do they have the money? By the way, fantastic article in the Athletic this morning, or maybe it was last night. I can't remember. I read it this morning uh, about that situation, Arizona. I definitely recommend uh, reading what was it. it. What, I'm going to read it. What was the summary? What are they thinking? They love it. Yeah, everyone's just like so happy to be going to a five thousand seat arena. I thought like the headline was something like "Hockey can't work here." What the fuck? Um, I, I really like when the athletics, sorry to go, uh, like, uh, on a, on a tangent, but I really like when the athletic like cites players and like GMs, but like, doesn't name them, but like, you know, it's like somebody actually said this. Yeah. It's like, you see a quote and you're like, well, that's clearly Berkey, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but yeah, they have a ton of those in there and it's like, everyone has the same unanimous, like they just, they, they don't comprehend um how the nhl let this happen i do and like, also also i did so this will probably be negotiated uh whenever the cba is up but nhlpa actually doesn't get any say in this no so Which they i think they might want that in the next round of negotiations yeah my yeah. that that's that that's what they were I do, getting I do at have, like major respect too for like some of like the Coyotes fans on Twitter I see that are just trying to like gas it up like it's gonna be sick, you know. Like they're just like, nah, this is sick college vibes. And I'm like, I respect like your like unwavering positivity. Like, in, you in should their, have no positivity from this team. In the rental agreement, the Arizona Sun Devils have ice priority over the Coyotes. Like, That's can good. you can you imagine like a if, freaking NHL team? being second to an NCAA college hockey program in terms of ice time for games. Yeah, so, like, if you're, like, Louis Erickson, that's got to be, like, mighty humbling, no? <laughs> like, it's got to gotta really take you down a couple notches. <laughs> um, like, it just it baffles me. About, like, it's yeah. a mess. Apparently, their, their practice facility is horrible as well. They were talking about like bringing trailers for extra room. This is, I love it. I love the entertainment. Like fantastic. And I love to, and it's like like for years, like as Florida fans, we put up with so many like chirps, about like, oh, your arena can't fill like the stands, you know, hockey can't work in Florida. And it's like, realistically, like hockey can work in Florida if the team's good, especially. Hockey in Arizona, like, I, I don't think you can make a case for it. There was So, Bettman said at the press conference, they could make more money in this new arena than they are right now. Well, How little athletic, money were you making in the old arena? So, the Athletic did the math. Apparently, they're making about uh, $850,000. Uh, overall? 
profit, I think. Per game or overall? Ticket sales. Overall. Ooh, that's like league minimum salary for a player. Actually, could it be? No, it could it be. Could it be uh, could it be just revenue? I think it could be just revenue actually. Uh, you know, I'm going to read the article after anyways, this. Anyways, anyways, they would have to literally double all their ticket prices to reach that goal next year. Yeah. Like, it's, I say they do it. <laughs> it makes no sense. Well, it just it, yeah, it makes no sense overall, but what are you going to do? Fantastic um, article. Um, I will give it I a did. read. We can talk yeah. about it next episode yeah. for sure. Um, last yeah. thing though, before before we end off here, and I'm only bringing it up because you wanted to talk about it. The Cali Yarncroc trade to Calgary. The fuck was that? <laughs> <laughs> like I was like, what? I I I think it's a massive overpay by the Flames. I fifty percent retained. I still I don't get it. Like. What? To me, like Cali Yarncroc is like downright decent. I he's a, probably a third liner on Calgary. Yeah, he, he, he like I I don't I actually like the fit in Calgary to be honest. Oh, it's a good fit. It's a good fit. But I, I, just, I think, heard he's cousins with Lindholm. I think too. Could be wrong. Oh no, kidding. Yeah, I heard that too. Yeah, so I think we heard it from the same guy, John. Yeah. Yeah, our our Flames insider. Our Flames insider Brody. <laughs> Favorite um, player is Brett Ritchie, who scored tonight. Yeah, he loves Brett Ritchie for no reason. Um, um, yeah, I think it's a massive overpay. A second, a third, and a seventh. Like, yeah, the seventh probably well, doesn't like, mean anything at the end of the day. The, actually, no, I'm pretty sure I saw a tweet that said the seventh was to retain the salary. Yeah, to me, which is a weird amount to give up to retain salary. Like, I would either want more than that. I like a seventh. Really doesn't make, it, it makes no difference to me. Interesting is that all the picks are in different years. Yeah, it's a second in this year, third in 23, and then a seventh in 24. So if you go by that logic, like the same logic we use for the Panthers of when the pick's in a later year, the value's less. Like the third round pick is maybe more like a fourth round pick. And the seventh round pick is maybe like nothing. Yeah, isn't I'm pretty sure the second is Florida's second this year. Isn't it, it is Florida's second. So. Like it's just, it, it's. Seems a lot for a pending UFA. Like it's just, I yeah. I didn't I didn't get it. I hope it works out for them because I do think it's a good fit. And you want to know what? At the end of the day, if they win the cup, who gives a shit? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it, it doesn't matter if they, and real and also like, yeah, I like the fit of Cali Arncroft and Calgary a lot. And like it does make gr- them better. And they're a good team. They're a really good they're team. They're a really good team. And I think you specifically should also be excited because you are in Calgary right now. And the Red Mile, let me tell you, you don't see it often, but when you do, it is a sight to behold. It is a lot of fun. Um, so you'll, you'll enjoy that for sure. Yeah, I, I, I definitely think like Calgary, you look at Calgary now, you're expecting at least a second round appearance. Yeah. Like at minimum. And, and they you're probably, probably you're probably going for a conference final yeah. with, for people not to be too upset. Yeah. Now they also added to Foley as well. Do you think the flames are done? No. No. I, I, and I, by I, the way, to Foley was probably might end up being the best trade of the season. Uh, oh, that's that's those are some big words coming from a big venture hot supporter there. <laughs> <laughs> I I the Toffoli trade, great I trade, great Calgary. trade. Like, well, I think they, I think they need a D to they really. They did it so, they did it so early too, and it like he scored in like 
he scored a ridiculous backhand goal in his first game as a flame. Like, no, he's a good a, player. That's the yeah. guy that just excels at like getting traded halfway through the season for like the last two years. You know what I mean? Like, when he's in so, Vancouver, like when he got traded from LA, like that guy was nasty. Yeah, maybe he just ends up being like this generation's like Thomas Vanek of just being traded every year at the deadline. Honestly, yeah. I swear, like and it like, was like eight years in a row, Thomas Vanek was just he, moving. He fits- he fits the Flames profile so well because they're just like stockpiling ex Canucks. I love that. That's like their it's building strategy. Amazing. It's fantastic. And the Canucks are over there just like sucking, looking at all their guys be like the same or better in Calgary. But you want to know what? They're ahead of Vegas. Vegas is a f- free for all right now. Uh, yeah. dying, I don't know what's going to happen there. They're going to have to do something, probably in goal, because Leonard is. Injured. He's, he's is it is it the Jack Eichel effect? I don't think so, man. Like I think. There's well, a, I mean, I, I know. know you wouldn't, John. You'll <laughs> go to the grave back in Jack Eichel. I would, it, it's it's weird, like to think, like obviously they're missing a lot of guys. Like Pacioretty's basically like I don't know, non-existent. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Mark Stone's out for probably the season. You could say maybe. Yeah. So obviously he's not playing with like. I guess when you're easing a guy like that back in from like a year out, having like a guy like Mark Stone to play beside could help you transition. Well, a lot the, the, the tricky but, part is, is that they're clearly playing the LTIR game like the Lightning did last year. That game only works if you make the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it would have probably worked had Leonard got not gotten injured. That yeah. was their big thing that they didn't think about. And you want to know what? Bet you they kind of wish they had a solid backup, like like a know. Vesna caliber backup. Yeah. I guess talking I can't, about I can't really Thompson's like the answer. <laughs> I can't really like like put my tongue on it, but like you know, like maybe a current Blackhawks goalie or something. Well, I, don't I know. like I'm strong. Like I still think like Vegas probably would have won the cup last year had their starting goalie not got stabbed in the back with a sword. The I think the goalie situation is the reason they lost last year to Montreal. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why they went out and got Leonard. That was absurd. That's like, what are you doing? Exactly. And I can't remember exactly what the scenario was. One of the guys had won in Montreal, and then they went back to to Vegas for game four, I think it was, or something like that. And they switched goalies. And I just remember thinking, like, if you're in the playoffs, you ride the hot hand. I think you ride the hot hand and, like, get a backup, get a good backup, but a guy who is unquestionably the backup. Yeah, but no. I thought that's what they had in Laurent Brossois. And he just the, the unfortunate reality is he just can't carry a team as, as a starter, and that's what he's being asked to do right now. No, like you need a guy who's like can be the backup but can step in when you need, and that's just not what they had. Like they had like two starting goalies, and that doesn't work. And like you had a perfectly good Oscar Dansk sitting there on the shelf waiting to come in and be yeah. and- slightly below average. There was no shortage of goalies last offseason. No. There's like a ton. Like I thought Holpe was gonna go like I last place I thought he was gonna go is Dallas. But I guess it's well, because Dallas say, already had three goalies. Yeah, and they had the legend Ben Bishop too. Yes, I but, know. Bless his rest soul. in peace, yeah. yeah. John's guy. <laughs> no, it's like it, like Vegas will be a really interesting team, I think, to watch leading up to and after the deadline. Because they're, they're they're a mess right now, but I think we, we'll probably talk about that on our next episode podcast because we'll end this one off here. 
Um, looking forward to the trade deadline, hoping we see a lot more moves, hoping the Panthers get in on some more of the action, maybe Claude Giroux, which we'd be absolutely gassed about. Um, looking forward uh, to all that. Trade deadline is Monday. We got a new episode. We should probably push our new episode from posting on Monday to posting on Tuesday, realistically. Tuesday night? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. I'll be back in town. Okay, well, John will be around. We will get him on. We will get Jacob Barker on, and it'll just be a total like clusterfuck. It'll be great. Um, but I think that does it for this one. Thank you so much to everyone tuning in, listening. Um, hope you liked the episode, and we'll be back on Tuesday, and we'll see you then. Barkov looking to get a step on Mete. Barkov to the net.